out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hear Me Out. My name's RJ. My name's Blay, and this is the show, of course, where two selfish best friends, RJ and myself, try to become better friends by convincing each other to like the same things. Every week, we have a different issue. We have a different expert guest, which we'll get to in a second. And the loser of today, either RJ and myself, will be donating to this week's charity. RJ, what is the charity this week? I'm clapping because I'm excited about giving money to good causes. Thanks for asking, Blay. Today's charity is Child's Play. Their motto is play games, feel better. Um, they, They call themselves the Child Life Staff, and they provide games as a distraction when kids are getting blood needs, you know, like blood drawn and other procedures done. So if you guys want to donate to Child's Play, you can go to childsplaycharity.org. Now, listen, all I'm going to say is, (laughs) I know we're all thinking it. Don't name your charity after a horror movie. I know. What are you doing? It is funny. It is funny that childsplaycharity.org is what they could get, not childsplay.org. I haven't gone. I haven't gone to it, so. Please donate to my charity. It really helps uh, shine a light on poverty. It's called The Shining. Yeah. You know, you're just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Also, I want to you know? note that it's primarily video games. So really cool. Ooh la la. Well, you, you know yeah. what? You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. All right. Here's the deal. Now, I am. Uh, we're both nerds, but really, I'm a true nerd. True. And I think that, you know, I spent a lot of my life. Playing Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing games, tabletop games. I'm a big fan of games and tabletop games specifically, all right? So here's the thing, dude. I know, RJ, you hate things that are fun. And this is one of the most fun things you could ever do. So today, I'm going to convince you that you should be playing tabletop and role-playing games. And I have brought an incredible expert Every week, every Wednesday, you can see her on the Call of Cthulhu show. And I always have a problem saying Cthulhu, but I love H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Please welcome Becca Becca Scott, everybody. Hi, Becca. Hello, Blay and RJ. Yes, my Call of Cthulhu RPG, TTRPG show is on Twitch and YouTube, and it's called The Calyx. My channel is Good Time Society. Yeah. Good Time Society. Follow on YouTube. great Good Time Society is a great name. It kind of has have like merch? a sexual connotation if you're like, good times. But I can't help it. Everything can have a sexual connotation. Anyway, that's, that's not how I want to kick this off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I really, this turn, really this took a hard left into I this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really took a hard left into sure this sex stuff. I'm pretty sure you said two breast friends argued You did. I caught that too. Okay, he good. Did. Okay, I'm not just a dirty yeah, no, freak. No, yeah. I'm just having a stroke because I'm yeah, so yeah. tired. No, that's what it was. <laughs> anyway, the quick sexiest thing is that's tabletop right. role-playing games and board games, period. Thank you. Thank you. Now, wait a second. Very quickly, Becca, does Good Time Society have merch? Because your boy needs a satin jacket with Good Time Society satin on it. Satin jacket? Yeah. Can we make a gold satin? Yeah, gold satin, satin jacket. I'm adding that jacket. on jacket. Let's do it. <laughs> to-do list. Yeah, so now I've made a to-do list, and it's just Hell got yeah. satin jackets on it. Um, we'll work Perfect. on it. We I don't have it. merch. Let's get it done. I, I will be the first customer to buy one of those. All right, uh, Becca, now uh, take us through a little bit. You you do a lot of uh, uh, these kinds of games, and what? how long have you been playing uh, these sorts of games? What drew you into this world initially? Oh, goodness me. I have been <laughs> a board gamer since childhood. I think you're either 
indoctrinated early or uh, you you find it along the way. But everyone is a gamer at heart. I truly believe right. that and it is my mission to make everybody find the inner gamer within themselves. So, RJ, lucky you. Today's your day. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, listen, I, I just want to put it out there first that I have played... I've played board games. I've played, you know, I've played the Saris. I've played the... Uh, nope. My favorite game right now is uh, a card game. It's called Coup. I'm sure everyone yeah. has played it. Coup's what really... I, okay, case closed. We're done here. Coup, you're playing Coup? Coup's what? You're, you're, no, you're making Coup my is, argument. Coup is fine. But what I'm saying, there are there is a level of board game that a few of my friends, including Blay, have tried to get me to come and play. And... the. The like game the that lasts. Dunshire. Sure. If there's a lot of dice and it takes a lot of time, I'm out. I've 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 tried to sit through the the what's the Mars one? Uh, terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars. It's that's deep fine. in. That's deep in, bro. You need to take that's a little crazy, bit at a right? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boil so, the frog here. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. The the more dice, the worst. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I don't disagree with you in that uh, I like a dice allocation game where every die has a value, even if it's a low number die, because certain games can be very frustrating if you're rolling poorly. And that's not necessarily like a statistical thing that you're going to roll well eventually. That's not how dice stats work. So, you know, that's fair. I'm being nitpicky when you were using dice to represent the whole deep crunchy nerddom of like way too complicated of board games but i'm gonna start with just i agree with you sometimes i'm not in the mood for dice becca what what are some uh thing you know rj is um how do you say uh, a fool Uh, what are some what are what are some things that um that first like initially drew you into this like playing tabletop games because again I, i agree with you like we all had as kids shoots and ladders, hey, you know, like all that stuff. And but then there was a time in high school that it clicked for me. Like all of my friends and I, we had a group. We go to Denny's. We had our own special room at Denny's. Pretty VIP at the Shan- and, and, and Denny's. It's not called the champagne room. It's called the hard <laughs> gravy room. But, uh, you know, and why is your so gravy the- hard? Oh, oh like alcoholic. Spikes. Alcoholic. Oh. I get it now. Uh, alcoholic gravy i thought it's it had just set i thought it just set for so long on top of the biscuits or whatever you put it on no that's called gravy gum and that's you could put the gravy in your mouth and chew it for later no <laughs> the whole thing is so and that's when i started getting into i first started with a dungeons and dragons kind of uh spinoff called riffs which was really fun by palladium games and then that got me into weirdly i feel like because it's almost the opposite but that and eventually then got me into these more tabletop huge like pandemic all these different like tabletop games that involve storytelling and involved you know that all had different rules and we all had their own worlds and stuff so for you what was the kind of resurgence or was there a resurgence was it just straight in well i've always been a game night kind of person but i didn't really understand the deep deep like um the plethora the renaissance of board games that was happening and so uh, i always like in college scrabble was my game um 
Catan, Settlers of Catan is huge. Tesoro is one that we just had at my parents' house, um, which is uh, like a tile-based. Anyway, um, wait, I, can I just I, say I've been saying I've, I just I've been saying I've been saying Catan wrong my entire life. It's Suro, and I'm not supposed to pronounce the T. It's like tsunami. Anyway, you've been saying Catan wrong. Yeah, I've been saying. I thought it was Catan. That's fine. Oh, okay. Some people call it Settlers, and that is strictly wrong. I've heard RJ say Settlers of Catan, so the guy's (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, Um, But I started working for a company called Geek and Sundry that uh, was the super sweet company that was doing um, Twitch streaming from a studio full time. And I pitched them a board game show five years ago, six years ago. And uh, I've been doing nothing but playing board games since that time. And I actually had the opposite um, trajectory as you, Blay, in which I started with board games. And now I've moved into tabletop role-playing games. And specifically in Pandemic, I picked up the Keeper's Rulebook for Call of Cthulhu. And I said, this is my game. And I read it cover to cover. And I started to show um, primarily female guests or non-binary guests. And uh, we do like very short campaigns so I can just scare the crap out of my friends and send them on their way. And uh, and I love that cosmic horror genre specifically of role playing games. But, you know, the deeper you go, like it's just it escalates snowballs into more and more fun. And I think that's kind of the thing, like. And RJ has his arms crossed. Look at this. I, we're on Close. a podcast. Body so you language. can't see this body language. Yeah. But let's just talk for a second. <laughs> I'm it's so like angry. He's he's so angry right now. Hi. It's like he's out. He's like he's Becca. stuck outside. He's locked himself out of his car and he's shivering <sighs> with anger. And the eyes weirdly don't have any emotion. They're like a killer. <laughs> They're dead. Like a That's shark why I didn't pick up on the, the anger. But you saw yeah. it, Blake, because you're best I friends. Yeah. We're best friends. Becca, I I prefer I prefer booby pals, but <laughs> <laughs> I just need to put it out there that Becca Scott coming on this podcast is like 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 vegetables coming on this podcast because oh, listen, I'm when vegetables? when someone no sends me, me when one of my friends sends me a Becca Scott like how to play video or whatever, that means my night is just going to it's going to be a long night. I have to learn a lot of rules. The last what the hell was the game we just played? There was a game. I didn't even end up playing it. My friends played this game where all these woodland creatures came. Everdell. Uh, Root. No, Root. Root. Oh, my God. So many different rules. <laughs> Becca, you how am I supposed to? RJ can't. How read. am I it's supposed magical. to learn these rules in? I mean, you do an amazing job in these videos, and it's like honestly quite entertaining to watch you explain these games. But, but the minute it's over, it's all gone. I don't remember it. And I'm sitting there with a rule book. Well, let's go to a philosophical level, shall we? Because it comes down to the type of person you are and what you enjoy. And what I was going to say about how I originally got into games is it's an innate competitiveness. It's like this need to feel accomplishment and to feel a win and to feel like I'm I'm doing something with friends, even though all of our existence is futile and we're just, you know, (laughs) wasting away on this planet before we turn to dust. So I need to feel I need to check some boxes. 
boxes like winning games or losing games. Um, and TTRPGs are different. They're 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 like for people that like cooperative play, which took me some getting used to. But I think fundamentally you need to know why you're playing the game and that will help you with learning the rules. And I'll also say Absolutely. the more rules you learn, the easier it gets to learn the rules. Sorry. Go on. Oh, no. I mean, I see, I see what you're saying. 100% agree. 110% agree, Becca. I think that and the last thing you said, I think, is the chef's kiss of the entire thing, which is yeah. the more you play, the easier it gets, because a lot of the games have similar underpinnings, you yeah, know, yeah. like it, they're not all fucking somebody just threw a bunch of you know marbles in a room and made up the rules that way it's like they're different they're almost like um you know trees and like the there's some games that are like the trunks and then oh this one is like this but this you know all yeah those different it's things. like how you pitch a tv show yeah. you know it's like great british uh-huh. bake-off meets great game show. of thrones oh I'm in. Love it. I would watch that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The great, the great Paul British. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, but that's how you sell call. me on a game yeah. now. It's this game mechanic you've done before and this one. Exactly. And it's a great way to pitch a game. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Exactly. Friends, and uh, what would that what would that mashup be called, Becca? Would it be called like the Great British like shit the bed in season eight or something? I don't know. <laughs> the Great would, British shit the yeah. bed in season eight. Thank you. But actually. <laughs> I don't acknowledge season eight happened. No, um, so that, yeah, you know what? The, the red wedding pie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can um, we just right, go around and say, can, can I just hear from the two of you? What are your favorite games before we get into the argument? I want to know where I'm, what I'm up against here. What are your top two? You know what? Top two th- favorite games. I think Hard. this is something we should do right after this commercial break. Cause it leads perfectly into my first argument. We will be right back. Nailed it. And we're back. All right. So I am trying to convince RJ to get into tabletop gaming with the help of the amazing Becca Scott. And here's the deal. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk. RJ, before the break, you asked Becca and I to name our favorite games. Becca, do you have, I mean, it's like picking your favorite child. How do you pick a favorite? But, you know. (laughs) It's like picking a favorite child. I agree with that. I mean, um, I find that my mood dictates the type of game I'm in the mood for. You know, uh, it it changes based on the level of complexity. And honestly, the joy for me, which I really miss this since pandemic began, but um, no board game pun intended. I like introducing people (laughs) to a game I think they'll like. So I enjoy watching someone enjoy themselves. And so for RJ, I would make him play something like, well, Codenames, of course, is becoming the new household game. But my favorite version that's a level up in terms of strategy is called Decrypto. Whoa. Whoa. Never heard of it. And I have played Codenames. And let me just say, when you have a million people... It's boring. It just get. It's just too much. It's well, too have much. Less friends, RJ. I know. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's decrypto? Decrypto. Two teams. You trade off who's the clue giver each time. It goes back and forth between teams, and you trade the new clue giver. And the clue um, is you see words on uh, amongst your teammates, and you don't want your opponents to figure out 
the words. And that's not exactly it. You don't want them to know uh, the code that you're giving to your teammates. And the more information they get as as rounds go on and they hear the clues, they're writing down the clues that you guys gave each other. And they're kind of narrowing down like, okay, they gave a word that was like medieval and a word that was um, horse. And so I think that word number one is lance. So if we hear anything in that world, we're going to guess that it's number one. And you're trying to figure out their words. That's cool. And we do with my friends, Dell and everyone who's been on the podcast. um, We do a, a mashup of code, code names and Dixit. Which is basically like, so So for people who don't know, who've never played Codenames, I think most people have, but Codenames is basically, it's two teams, and there's a bunch of words, okay? A bunch of words on cards, and you are trying, each team has words that they are basically their words, and they're trying to pick their words and not pick the other team's words, or, you know, what is it, a bomb or something? Um, And so, Uh, right? Yeah, there's like the The death card or something. Yeah, yeah. So what we do is instead of using the word. And so the idea here is the, uh, you know, uh, each person has a designated code name person and they're saying clues and the team is trying to say, okay, which words on these cards, like, uh, can we attribute to this clue? You know, cause we're trying to through code names, trying to pick right. the right words. So what we do is there's another game called Dixit and Dixit is, has these, I've never actually played Dixit. I've only played it with code names. I've never heard of Dick, it. Dixit's Dixit great. is a game. It has these large cards that are all beautiful art cards. And I think they're like hand painted or something. Oh, yeah, crazy. they're lovely. They're, they're gorgeous. They're all there's one of like, you know, like a hand holding like a galaxy and all these different things. So what we do is we put those cards out. And then we still play code names. So like you invented trying, code names pictures, which is code, yeah, published yeah, picture code names. Yeah, exactly. So it makes it more, it's a little more esoteric. It's really fun because it's kind of like, how are you interpreting this mm. basically like this tarot card? How does this, does this fit what we're saying here? And so it just becomes really wild and fun. And I got to say, this is my first argument. Okay. Hit me, with it. Hit me with it, baby. RJ, as a creative person, right? Screenwriter, as a creative person, uh-huh. there is no better exercise to exercise your brain than playing tabletop games. You and one thing you're saying, which it's a is bold a statement. Ba- huh? It's a but bold saying, statement. Right. But I'm saying, like, like, you know, how do we work out our bodies? I mean, for me, it's looking in the mirror and crying and tr- reconsidering <laughs> all my life choices. But for you, you like do cardio and shit. And you got a fucking trainer. You're like, squats, you know. So yeah, yeah. we also need to do that with our brain. And we need to push our brain into other areas and make yourself think differently than you normally would. And tabletop gaming does that. Whether you're doing something like a Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer 40,000, uh, uh, creating a, 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 you're following along with, with a story and there's a, there's a G there's a game master, a dungeon master and all that stuff. And you're creating this epic character or whether you're terraforming Mars and you're like, Oh my God, what, what minerals do I need to do? It's important to put your brain through its paces. And right now, all you're doing is just sitting there watching 
Temple of Doom over and over and over every night like a sucker. That's fine. No, but listen, what I think. <laughs> Let's disagree 110% no, no, with what you just said, Blake. Thank you. Nailed it. You are atrophying your brain, don't, RJ. But don't you think, Becca, I mean, like being serious for a second. Well, can't we can't really be serious. But I'm just saying, like, don't wouldn't you say that tabletop gaming has made you see the world around us differently and made you live your life a little bit differently? Oh, yeah. I'm always gaming everything, optimizing strategy, and I am better for it. <laughs> I got to say, when the oh. pandemic started, gaming really helped me. <laughs> like, I'm going to the store. Okay, I can only carry X number of things without touching them. You know, like, it was like a, a real thing. It was legit. But at one point, at what point does the exercise, the your point of it being exercise, what, at, at what point does that become like, just work. You know what I mean? Because exercise, Blay, as you know, sometimes is not fun. It's it's working out something else. So my argument is, how is it like I here's an example. I played a game. My friends made me play this game that. Oh, shit. What was it called? Every story. Ha- story some kind of my friends. Made me yeah, yeah. Some kind of some kind of house haunting on Betrayal a hill at the house on the hill. Yes. Yeah. And I there's a point. Yeah, I know. You're an expert. So we have there's a point in the game where, first of all, it's all, all like kind of collaborative at first. Everyone's like going through this house and discovering it together. So already I'm out. Why are we playing a game if we're not trying to beat each other? (laughs) Yes. So at one point, there's like an event that happens. And I had to take a book into another room and read multiple pages of like what I had to come back and do. And then I was supposed to remember all that. And then when I didn't do it correctly, this is real. I ruined the game for everyone because I didn't play by the rules correctly. It's just a me- It felt like I was working. It felt like this is just so much work. But, you know, I really and Becca, I, I'm not sure how you feel, but even I personally think this is much like working out is. An attitude adjustment. It's perspective, man. <laughs> you can you can be like, oh, I got to go work out at the gym. Or you could go on a bike. Becca, you love to bike, right? Me? Are you a biker? Yeah. Don't you ride bikes? Um, I, uh, I lift weights. You lift weights. There you go. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's like, I think everybody has a different, you know, everybody has a different thing. You, to make exercise fun is a choice. To, if you're going to play a game, you could sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to be a little spoiled brat. Or you could be like, this might be fun. I mean, honestly. Yeah, maybe the exercise analogy gets bumpy when it, you're thinking about the work part. When you're thinking about the flow, say you're writing a script and you're at that place where everything's just clicking and where the story should fall together. That's that good board game brain tickle feeling when you're playing an engine builder and you're trying to each turn add certain elements that you'll be able to access and only you can access them in future turns and you think okay okay so I can do this and it's going to add on to this it's going to add on to this and I feel smart and feeling smart feels good you That's know what, well to to us it does yeah maybe the <laughs> the third person on this call RJ well that's the as I explained in my story, that 
didn't okay. happen. I was an idiot. I couldn't well, remember. Well, Betrayal at the House on the Hill is a tricky one because it becomes a one verse all. And you need <laughs> yes. that person to be rather experienced. Had you been on the side of the team, you probably would have loved your first experience with that game because everybody would have been working together. You'd still yeah. be cooperatively on a team. It's hard to be the one that's teamed up against. Um, and I've been in the situation where someone who'd never played before became the betrayer. And he just feels so bad for them until <laughs> this one time when my friend, and we'll call him Pan, uh, he was like, what should I do, guys? Where should my monster go? I can't tell you what he does, but, like, should I kill you? And he was like, I'm not to tell you. We don't want you to kill us. We want to win. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, you know, I will say, RJ, so the, you know, going to the room, reading a book, oh, I, oh, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, <laughs> perfectly plays into. Oh, God. Argument number two. Okay. Which is, here's the thing, man. You love sharing adventures with your friends. You love it. You go on escape rooms all the time. Tell Beck about the crazy escape room we went to in like that. Sh- oh, yeah. I went to the number one Amsterdam. escape room and it was outside of Amsterdam. It's world. called the Dome the and world. it's unbelievable. Yeah, in the world. It's unbelievable. So unbelievable. You have to go right now. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But so here's the thing, RJ. And again, to touch upon the last argument before I get into this one, if you had been in an escape room and they were like, and you have to read this book and go into the other room, you'd be jizzing your pants with delight. Yeah. You're like, oh God, this is such a cool part of this escape room. But because it's a tabletop game, you're like, I hate this. So Yeah, because I feel like I'm like in the movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, so had your friends set up a whole role-playing experience where you're playing the game in a fake haunted house and then you get to wear a monster mask as you come back in the other room. I'm in into it then. Becca Scott, then I'm in. Let's go. Okay, I just need to set up circumstances for you yes. to become a better gamer. Thank you, Becca. Exactly. <laughs> I think maybe you can't half-ass it. I think oh. maybe you need to full-ass it, dude. You need to go deeper into gaming instead of pulling out and being like, oh, I can't do it. Because wow. it is, people don't use the terms full-ass like. and pull out enough. And well, not enough, yeah. We're breast friends. <laughs> We're breast friends. <laughs> but, so, but I will say, to, to follow, so that's, Exactly. I think if we go deeper into the gaming thing, you there's a lot of elements that you would love. And by the way, here's another thing, man. The opposite is also true of what you're saying about gaming. Now, look, I love gaming. It's really great. OK, uh, I don't love hiking. <laughs> you love hiking. Oh, I see what now, you're saying. Okay, you can have it. You could have an adventure without the real stress and danger or whatever you don't like about hiking. Well, yeah, but I was going to argue a different thing, which oh. is I, I think <laughs> I think it's it's the kind of thing of for your friends who don't want to go hiking. Right. Right. Who don't want to do that. Play you parks. can still. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can still have a good time with them. Much Someone like gave me parks for Christmas. <gasps> Great game. It looked pretty. Yeah. What? You, and you didn't play it. Okay. I should probably send you a Becca Scott video for you to roll your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. Let's do it. Eat your vegetables. Gotta eat your vegetables. (laughs) That's right. Um, But that's the thing is, you know, so you love sharing adventures with friends. Yeah. This is that. You don't need to go to a sheep pasture in the middle of the Netherlands to the world's number one escape room. You You can have a, I mean, it was awesome for sure, but you could also have Maybe not as insane an experience, right? But a pretty great one if you just put a little effort into it, a little elbow grease, a little gumption. 
you know? Yeah. A little gravy gum. Little. <laughs> but I have a question about this Amsterdam experience. You probably oh, yeah. talked about this on your podcast before, so sorry, pod listeners, but did you take this trip specifically for the aim of going to the world's best escape room? And is it no. that one where they torture you? Say it again. Oh, there's this. It's not really an escape room. It's like an experience where some guy oh. tortures you. We didn't do that. No, this was oh, okay. like, yeah, no, we no. So the, the answer is one of the we went. I went specifically to go to New Year's. I have a thing where I want to go to. Uh, I want New Year's Eve in a different time zone every year. So mm. I was there for that. But one of the people who came is a super my buddy Ray. He's a super escape room dude. He's been to like a million. And does Ray uh, have a t-shirt that says eat sleep escape? Oh, I don't That's know. Shirt. He That's probably does. Anyway, but he needs get it. Ray that shirt. He, yeah, he needs it. But anyway, good he times, found like the number merch. That's a good yeah, That's right. That's right. Jacket. Yeah, that's right. But he went to like we went he took us to like the sixth escape room in the world, which was in Amsterdam proper. And then out into the boonies to the dome, which is number one in the world. And this guy built this contraption that like you made stuff happen and rooms outside of it changed and you would go in. It was unbelievable. It was the most insane thing I've ever. It was the closest I've been to being in a sci fi movie where it was all happening in like amazing production value. But so we're digressing the thing but kind of this is but this is what you're kind of saying isn't the point of a game to be on a table like in the fucking kitchen, you know what I the mean? Like the point of a game is to uh fill your time with friends with something <laughs> joyful when you already know everything going on in their life and you have nothing else to talk about. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> That's a great point, actually. And RJ needs that desperately. <laughs> desperately. Okay. Um, okay. So here's my last argument. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Like, uh, how many years, RJ, did we work on the Warner Brothers lot? We just Ten. moved out of the office we for just a moved decade. Out. One solid Mother flipping decade, we worked at Warner Brothers. Now, every day we had what, two coffees? <laughs> at least. We okay. wasted a lot of time getting coffee. In <laughs> 10 years, two coffees a day. Oh my God. Every day. Don't make me do math. How many of, <laughs> oh, it's a very simple math problem. How many of those coffees did you pay for? Six. Seven coffees. Ah, How many did I pay for? I I'm pro- not going to ask you that because it's too many. I, I don't think probably. Number, I don't think numbers go that high. I don't <laughs> I think pro- they had, they've yeah. created a number. Yet. That's probably true. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yeah. You pay, right. you're a very generous guy. He's a very generous Thank guy. You. He paid for Thank a lot you. of my coffee. I always Thank pay it on so your much. birthday though. Thanks. Okay. Yep. For one of them. That's right. For the morning one, never for the afternoon <laughs> one. <laughs> that's uh, not true. That's not true. Becca, here's the thing. I hate to say it in a public forum. Yeah. No, that's not true. I love to say it. <laughs> This dude loves to pinch a penny. You see a penny, he's going to pinch it. I don't have that many pennies. Right. (laughs) Doesn't matter. (laughs) Maybe you should stop buying Indiana Jones posters. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How many different ways can they show Temple of Doom? Okay. But I'm just saying, you love to pinch a penny, bro. Unless it's like a new, you know, camping lantern that tells you when it's going to rain or something. But (laughs) my point is this. That's a card in parks, by the way. That's amazing. 
You should open it up. Just saying. Pop it open, bro. <laughs> so the thing is this, man. We don't need to go to Mount Kilimanjaro and climb it to have a great time. All right. Games are a much cheaper form of entertainment than driving to wherever you went the last time you went and you did a thing like whatever. Like, look, you go to Big Bear. What's a tank of gas? Like a hundred million (laughs) dollars a game. And then that's one tank and you're killing the earth. You buy a game. It's like 30 bucks or something. And then you play it for the rest of your life and you make great memories. Yeah. Well, given bringing replayability into account, you know, between 30 and 300, I would say, is um, your average. $300? He's never going to play in our, he's never going to play. No, you're never going to play. If it has uh, painted minis, you know, um, and and many different sets and it's an evolving game and sure, yeah, there's some, there's some pricey ones out there. But your average game, 60 bucks. If it was like a Back to the Future 4 game. See, look at his face. He definitely, he was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. Oh, uh, what about Big Trouble in Little China? The game. It's very cinematic. There's also amazing. a Die Hard game. Whoa. Hell yeah. yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, Jack you're cooperative. Burton. You're fighting the villains. And, you know, you're you're in Nakatomi Plaza and yeah. getting up to the rooftop. And there's three different acts of the board game that you progress through after you defeat the enemies. Pretty See, epic. dude, up your alley, man. Again, this is all, these are all great examples of games that you would love what do you think is the okay so price i i see what you're saying but becca what do you think the like best bang for your buck game is and what i mean by that is not necessarily just money but like like replayability because i know people who have gotten like terraforming mars or whatever and you know they'll play it once and then it just gets dusty in their closet for years and years and years. Well, you kind of need the two to three other friends that yeah. want to work on that specific muscle, which for Terraforming Mars, it is one. You kind of need to, I mean, if someone has the cards more memorized than someone else, that's an example of an engine builder where you're going to get left behind. And I know I have never won Terraforming Mars because I've only played twice, even though I have it on my shelf. So I understand where you're coming from there. Most paying for your buck, Probably going to be a simple card game like Coup, which you already uh, have enjoyed. Um, one of my favorites is Century Spice Road. This is a, a Ooh, card I'm game where you're trading up spices. Yeah. Um, all you do on, I, I like a game where uh, the turns are simple, but the strategy is complex. Ooh, or like yeah. Lords of Waterdeep is a D&D themed game that, well, that one's probably a little pricier in terms of size. Um, but, uh, I, I like one where you, all you have to do is one thing per turn because even though I make rules videos, when I'm teaching a game to friends, I don't teach them anything before we start. We just start and I tell them what to do smart. on their turn. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's super smart. Cause then that's what, that's what everyone ends up doing anyway. After they waste a half hour trying to learn the rules, they're like, let's just play one. Let's just do it. This doesn't count. You know what I mean? That always happens. So that's so smart. Exactly. The, the, the coup game, a game like coup that I, what I like about it is that a, there's no board, so that's cool. It's just like less stuff. But B, the whole point is it's just like a bluffing game. It's just like lying 
the, or who can lie the best or who can like lie at the right times. Yeah, you'll win every time. So that was kind of cool. I had never played a game like that. I didn't even know it existed. Oh, boy. Well, you got to check out The Resistance and Avalon, also published by Indie Boards and Cards. Um, And then I really like one called Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. And there's a little bit of a lost in translation (laughs) element. But basically, one person is like a ghost that knows how someone died. And they give little clues and symbols to all the players who are trying to figure out which among them is the murderer. And there's also Werewolf, which is kind of like the old uh, don't don't need a board mafia, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, exactly. See, dude, I could see RJ's face lighting up. You see what I'm talking about, man? Like there are so many different amazing games, again, that I think even if you despise board games, there is something for you. You just got to find the right genre and you just got to find the right type of game and to tickle you're fancy. So you nailed it. Boy. That's right. We're going to come. I keep, I keep, it's just the breast friends thing. The tickling. Yeah. Thing. I just, I can't get that. Uh, we're we're going to be right back with RJ's verdict. Don't go anywhere. Okay. We're back. We're back here with Becca Scott. We're talking board games. Yeah. And here's the thing. I am trying to convince RJ to get into tabletop gaming I guess it's gaming, but I would say gaming because it's, it feels more snappy. Uh, and we have our expert here, Becca Scott. Here Hello. are my three arguments. All right, here we go. Ready? There's no RJ is as a screenwriter, no better exercise in character creation, storytelling, uh, putting your brain through through different paces by working out your brain. So important to think differently, just like how you would take an improv class. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? You're terrible at improv, um, you know, as this podcast has shown over and over again. But um, so this is going to help you with that. This is going to help you stay quick on your feet, stay nimble uh, and get your brain healthy. Um, <laughs> look, you love adventures with friends. I've never seen somebody with a larger desire to go to escape rooms, escape rooms, man. Like, yeah, just let me out of the room. What's the big deal? But you're like, oh, I did this great thing. It was a Froyo one. Oh, you're a big thing of yogurt. I mean, <laughs> you're joking, but I did a dog one in Burma. Okay, that's amazing. Fuck. Yeah, see, that's have you done the dog point. one, Becca? Have you done the lab rat? Christ. Lab rat's unbelievable. Lab, lab rat's great. So good. You lab gotta go do the tiny. dome. You gotta go yeah. do the dome. Yeah. Lab rats is like where you're tiny yeah. and there's mice who are huge doing experiments yes, on you. Yes, it's amazing. Uh-huh. You're fucking already doing tabletop What's games, your third man? argument? Oh my God, my asshole is that you're a cheap bastard, which <laughs> we both know is true. And I'm happy to repeat it as many times. And I'm just saying, you buy a game once, you play it for the rest of your life. Boom goes Zedynamite. Becca Scott. Becca, Becca doing Scott, you a got show where you have to give away money is an interesting choice. Yeah, that's true. And anything to <laughs> add? Anything to add to Mr. Blair's uh, arguments there, Beck Scott? I mean, you can try and deny it, but I think we've discovered the ultimate truth in this episode, which is that everybody is a gamer. They're just not every kind of gamer, and you are the kind of gamer that's like that's into hidden identity and traitor games, and that's a thing, and that's cool. Yes. yes. Okay. Exactly. So, so the exercise thing. I kind of get the I'm not like 100 percent on it because it because exercise sucks sometimes too. the 
the the sharing adventures with friends thing. I obviously you hit that. You guys hit that. You know, nail on the head, as they say. But but it's nail. But it's kind of still always sitting around a table. It's not. You know, it's fun, kind fuck? of fun adjacent. Take it, I'll say. You don't need to Take sit in a chair. <laughs> you can stand up like you are doing on this podcast right now where we're sitting and you choose to stand. And Jesus then you, Christ, the guy who says I don't need to work out my imagination in my brain can't conceive of playing a game not around a table. Take it on a hike. <laughs> Take it camping and play it outside. Well, that's Jesus. my third argument against your third argument is all the inve- a lot of the adventures I go on don't cost money. They're, you know, it's just like you go except for all the gear the and dome. all the gas money. I guess except yeah. for that. All right. Yeah. All this being said, renting a house in Big Bear is expensive, dude. The part that the all right, the part that I'm sticking to is Becca Scott being here and basically educating me that there are other games that are not at Target. The games I know are the games that are in the target aisle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... It's I, getting better and better. I have yeah, there's more. That's true. That's true. There are kind of crazy things there now. But uh, during the pandemic, I love to just roam target. But but I don't know. So, stuff. so I'm going to say, yes, I'm in with a small caveat that we keep the dice count low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless you play Sagrada, where you just like roll beautiful dice and put them in um, beautiful colored patterns, like stained glass. Anyway, not. I the guess point. if they're you pretty yes. dice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I will be donating to Child's Play Charity org. That's where you go if you guys want to donate to the Chucky doll. The Chucky you. doll yeah, charity. That's right. And I'll be donating to and creating a shining yeah. named charity because you know. <laughs> You, uh, you've always been here, Jack Torrance. Uh, Becca Scott, thank you so much. Wow. You know, Play, I feel RJ. like oh. I could not have done this without your help. This is basically all you. So thank Agreed. you. It's very you were prepared. Up. You had points and counterpoints that already thought about. Well that done. That he didn't listen well to until you followed up on That's them. true. So thank you. That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, this was such a pleasure. Thank you. Blay. so fun. Blay, uh, my only question to you, Blay, is will you play a board game with me? Uh, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And guess what? We'll sit outside on your patio and not around a table. Okay. <laughs> All right, perfect. Because for some reason you hate tables. Oh my God. I don't hate tables. Uh, Becca Scott, thank you again for coming. Don't forget to check out Call of Cthulhu Show. Yeah. That's on her YouTube channel, Good Time Society. So remember to subscribe to that. You guys can tune in to new episodes of Hear Me Out every Wednesday. Please rate and review. Tell your friends. And if there's something you want us to debate, send us an email at hearmeouthearmeout at gmail.com. Thank you, Brett Kushner, for producing the podcast. Strange Hotels for the theme song. And we will see you next week. <laughs>